This is a best of the Illinois Valley Alternative Podcast. This is an Ivy Pod production. You can find us at IvyPod.com. We are Ivy Pod on Facebook, Ivy Podcast on Twitter, and mail at IvyPod.com is our email. Let's begin episode 52 of the Ivy Alternative Podcast. Welcome everyone, this is John and I am jumping on really quick before we start the show. Uh, this is our first Best of Ivy Pod episode and we're going to feature our first three interviews we ever did. So, a little bit different this week. Uh, they go back quite a while, so the audio is a little sketchy at times, you'll have to bear with us. Um, no sponsors this week, instead we want to let everyone know about a fun charity event that's right around the corner. Uh, the Cedar Point Classic will be on July 13th and 14th in Cedar Point at the park there. I don't know what the park's called, but whatever. It's the only park, I think, the big one. Uh, there'll be a softball tournament, a music festival, and all the proceeds will go to the Cedar Point Fire Department. It should be a good time. Check it out. July 13th and 14th, Cedar Point Classic. All right, let's get this party started. Our very first interview was with Bob Spellich, my bro who came on to talk about the brain drain effect in the Illinois Valley. This was back in episode, what was it here? Episode 20, March 2011. So let's get this going. Here we go. But, um, well, what was the topic for the night? We were going to do the brain drain episode, right? We're finally going to do it. We've been talking about it for a long time. We're finally doing the brain drain. So, um, and, and it's important to note that in 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 the brain drain, uh, part of the reason we had Bob on is he's an Illinois Valley native who fled the area. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, no, not like necessarily volunteer. I mean, he didn't. You know, it's not like I had my sneakers on and I ran out of town or anything. Right. And no, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't flee the area. <laughs> <laughs> you just you grabbed what you could. Actually, I kind of like that description. though. that's that's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> You went you after you went to college you you moved to Chicago right or was it was it, it wasn't that? immediate no I, uh, I I I got a job locally at uh, in Ottawa actually and I worked there for a couple months and then I saw I was kind of getting the itch like I think a lot of people do just to explore a little bit and um, saw an ad for a job in Chicago um, in the Tribune one Sunday and applied and uh, a couple of interviews later uh, I took the job so. Um, Moved to Chicago. I stayed there for about ten years, and, and then I basically I should I continue on, or you guys? Want no, to this is this is great. No, go this ahead. Okay, well, <laughs> it's good stuff. Um, well, you know, then uh, I, I lived in Chicago for about ten years, and I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun when I was in my twenties. Um, didn't live too far away from uh, Wrigley Field, so put in a lot of time there. Um, but then ultimately, I, I I did miss the kind of lifestyle that I had back home in Peru, but I really did enjoy my job, so um, I didn't want to quit. So what I I did is I um, I moved out to the suburbs, but found the basically the last uh, suburb on my train line, which leaves me only about an hour and twenty minutes from LaSalle, Peru, if I ever want to go home. So it just ended up uh, I'm kind of like in the middle. As far as uh, if I want to go home, it's very easy to do, and I, I can still get to work, and I, I got to keep my job. So, in Geneva is where I live now. It's uh, it's similar in many ways to LaSalle, Peru. I, I, Too still, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's it's, it's growing a little bit, but it's kind of landlocked. But it's it's right. kind of quaint, and uh, uh, I wouldn't say it's rural, but it's uh, it's certainly not city life. So, um, uh, I, I do enjoy it quite a bit. So, so that's. Yeah, that, and that's just perfect. That's perfect description of kind of what happens. I mean, just the idea with the brain drain. The, the, there was a really good article, actually, in the Ottawa Times about this by a uh, well-known reporter, writer, Stephanie. <laughs> we know very well, of course. Uh, yeah, Miss, Miss Zuda. And you were on the cover of the paper, right? Yeah, for that very article, coincidentally. Yeah, and uh, it said, what was the, what was the headline? Oh yeah, it was so good. Uh, it it was, was Forbes names area one of the least educated in the country. 
Yeah, with my picture right there. Right, and then we have the story of one of our buddies at the gas station, and he looks down and he sees John on the cover of the paper and reads the headline. And he's like, what? He's like, I thought John was smart. (laughs) (laughs) And then he he bought it and actually figured out what was going on. Yeah, so, but anyway, and and just to note, we are going to rip off that article quite frequently. That was over two years ago. That was two years ago, yeah. So we're going to, we uh, we apologize, but we're going to be blatant about it. We're going to take a lot from that article. And the, the whole idea is that people do... Uh, from the Illinois Valley, go to school, you know, they, they go off to college, you know, outside of the Illinois Valley, they get higher education, and then they don't end up coming back to the Illinois Valley. And that's, the statistics are pretty, pretty meager, and in that, that particular article, it caused, you know, like you just said, eighth, we were ranked by Forbes magazine to be eighth least educated in the entire country. So, that's I think a, that's unfortunate because, you know, uh, if you're on a list like that, don't you really want to be first? Because yeah, then you might as well be <laughs> up there. Yeah. You want to be first because I'm like, what's the incentive to do better? I mean, how can you rally tro- tro- the troops around eighth? You, you know I mean, like, because <laughs> like, if you ask like um, nine out of ten people, if you said, are you alarmed that your, your city's the eighth least educated in America? They'll probably respond by saying, well, at least. There's seven others worse off than us. So you want to be number one, right? So then you That's, get like people rallied around. Hey, we got to do something about this, you know? Right. That, that well, the other sense? thing is, I don't necessarily even believe it, but um, yeah, I don't believe it either. I'm just. <laughs> I, think, I think the whole thing's a farce, in my opinion. Right. Um, I've been around the world, and uh, you know, I've been down south, and I mean, we might be. I'm not saying we're the opposite or anything but to say least educated i don't know if you've ever been to like i've never been to west virginia but i've seen the uh the wild and wonderful whites of west virginia documentary and that county wherever they're from that's got to be the dumbest yeah i I, I, I think there's no way that let's how peru could be in the top 10 or it's hard to believe there's even a list like that to be quite honest i mean well i guess the the area the geographical the area that they they said was included LaSalle, Putnam Bureau, and Lee counties. Okay. So is that and right? They, they, yeah, and they measured it by figuring a proportion of people older than 25 with a bachelor's, master's, professional, or doctor degree. And it was U.S. Census Bureau. Uh, so based on their metric. I mean, based on that particular. Yeah, they, they use the, the term proportion. So, I mean, it's not like, obviously, they're uh, – Extrapolating in some way, right? Hmm. But it is, it is, it was a little stunning, and we actually came across a lot of numbers when we did our alcoholism podcast that sort of supported this sort of theory, anyway, right? Because didn't we like the number of uh, <clears throat> adults with college degrees in LaSalle County compared to the rest of the state? Wasn't that number? Yeah, it was pretty bad. It, it yeah. was definitely, it was definitely not good. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Say that again. The number of alcohol, the alcoholism rate is higher in LaSalle, Peru than that's also on a top ten list. It's not good, but it's well. We one for of the our county? first for the county. It's uh, it's not that bad. It's because there was a belief that we were number two or three nationwide as like the most alcoholic county, but uh, we debunked that I think successfully right. by showing we, we really didn't make any list at all. Uh, the one list we found that actually lists county by county for the whole country and in terms of alcoholism, uh, LaSalle County wasn't even on it. So, uh, but we are actually horrible when it comes to just overall health. Right. Uh, overall health. And then I said the college, the percent of adults with college degrees in LaSalle well, County compared to the state average. Uh, well, the health I can understand. The first thing I do when I go to LaSalle Peru is have fried chicken. So that's probably not the best thing. <laughs> yeah, we talked so, about that. Yep, that's a staple. And in the igloo, right, John? That was on an episode. John yeah. downed a pork sandwich, or what? I had a couple of them right before the we did the the episode. And I was I, I was know, struggling. I didn't know people ate two porks. Oh yeah. <laughs> do you you only eat one of things, Clayton? I always eat two of everything. Do you really? I, two hamburgers. I, I, I don't think I could eat two if I had really? fries and a and a cherry coke. Huh. That's why you're so skinny. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'm working on it, man, though. I'm, I'm trying to pack on the weight. All right. 
Well, well let's dive through some of our uh, bullets here. Well, we have the one thing about the uh, the guy quoting that he wouldn't wouldn't raise his kids in our area. Yeah, that guy really bugged me. Do you guys know him? I won't no, mention his you, name. Do you, oh, you could say his name. It was in the paper. Oh, you know him? No, no, we don't. Dennis. I don't. We don't know. I don't know. Dennis well, Corbin thinks that uh, LaSalle Peru area isn't socially progressive enough to raise his children, although he doesn't have children, and it doesn't really say if he has a girlfriend or anything. But um, <laughs> I don't know. Something about Dennis Corbin really rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. So you don't like Dennis's? Um, <laughs> he's raising his imaginary kids. He, he just couldn't handle it. This is a great place to raise your kids, especially because you could point if you if you do encounter a, a ignorance, um, it, it's a you know what I mean. It, it's a good place to, as a parent to go like, hey, that guy's you know, a bigot or that guy's racist or you know what I mean. Not saying that there's a ton of those people around. I'm just saying. I mean, it's well, up to you to to be progressive with your children. Is that or am I wrong? No, especially if they're imaginary. You can do whatever you want, right? <laughs> Right. Might as well. I'll take them. I'll start mine off at ten years old. We'll we'll start. Yeah, no, I hear what you mean. But isn't uh, isn't that kind of true though? I mean, if you raise your kids down south and and you not and say you're not a, a typical Baptist like a Southerner or whatever, you could still give your kids more progressive. You know what I mean? Instill in them more. Absolutely. I mean, that's just a good parenting. You can you can raise your children anywhere uh, to be. Equally good people. Uh, that's is that was. What well, Dennis Corbin bugs me. That's all I have to say. Okay. <laughs> We're with you. All right. Uh, they they oh oh I wanted to mention this. They they mentioned that in order to bring more people to our area, we need to build a university uh, that's nearby. Which yeah, that's me that was happening. like a, you know sure that's a great idea, but that'll never ever happen. So it's like the you ice know. rink idea. <laughs> Let's build an uh, ice rink. <laughs> For, I think back in the day, uh, Ottawa was given the chance to have a branch of the UI, uh, U of I, but they chose to have, be the county seat instead. Did anyone else hear about yeah, that? I've heard that. They got the uh, – instead of having the university, it was – there's a federal court in town, and I think that's what it was. It was either you get the federal court uh, or you get the university. Oh, I thought. That's have you ever heard that, John? No, that's interesting to hear. Um, I think it was a, uh, a poor decision – Kind of like uh, four founder brain drain. They should have uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of ironic. Um, you could all, yeah, you could actually probably that one decision probably has steered us in this direction. Yeah, if you, if you were to go back, well, yeah, yeah I mean, you, I mean, a, a town with a university in it is a is a wonderful place to live. I mean, I don't know, it just has a great atmosphere. I mean, there's a lot of problems obviously with it. A lot of the local residents or whatever, some people would have issues, but just in in regards to economic uh, impact for an area, a university is a great thing. Yeah, it's a great – and then you do get businesses that you know require uh, higher educated uh, degrees. I know like Madison, Wisconsin, they have a great university up there, and they have a lot of uh, technical industries around there, really known for uh, medical – developing medicines and things like that. So yeah, I, I agree totally. So it uh, could be a catalyst. So. So, but instead, we have a federal court where Drew Peterson shows up, and people people uh, tweet about where he's having his lunch. <laughs> Is that where they sent him? He's I didn't know he's, that. He's been he's been having his court dates down here. Yeah. Oh wow! Uh, wow. So every time he shows up, there's a, a kind of a buzz. A word gets around that he's he's in town. Jeez, oh, I didn't know that. How exciting. Um, <laughs> well, well, we, we had uh, there were some good good quotes here from. I don't know which Stahoyak this is who made these quotes, but he said uh, said that students – what's that? Is it the Mr. Stahoyak? I don't know if it's the Mr. Stahoyak, but uh, – He's not a teacher anymore, by the way. No, no. So it said uh, those students who wish to leave the community don't necessarily say it's their hometown they wish to leave, but that they'll go where they can get a job. And I, I think I would agree with that 100%. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I would disagree a little bit where he says uh, more students are uh, seeking career fields that are here locally uh, rather than reaching for their dream job. I don't think that's true. I, I think people aren't, you know, if someone wants to be, I, I don't know, a, a doctor or a lawyer or an astronaut or whatever, I don't know. I, I think they're not 
passing on that dream to, to, to find a job right. locally. I, I, I mean, other, his other comments are very good, but that one I'm not quite sure I agree with. I, I agree with you. I, I don't think you're – because the economy crashed, you're going to be like, well, I better stay close to home and you know, give up on my dream of being an actor or whatever. You right. know. But, yeah, you know, that was, it was a very good article. I, you know, it's um, – I find a lot of it uh, surprising, and, and I, I don't believe some of it, uh, but um, it is. it was enlightening. I, it's just, I thought it was fascinating that someone's actually doing statistics like this. That's a long time. Yeah. Now we all carry uh, phones that are 100 times more powerful than that computer was. Or it's 100 more, what is it, more powerful than uh, the... The, the computers that they used to launch the space shuttle the yeah, exactly. to land on the moon. <laughs> That's funny. You know, I, this is just funny that you should mention that, Clayton. I saw on the, they were talking about, uh, I guess the other night there was a supermoon or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah last, last night. All right, so then they had a statistic. You know, they, they drew like an arrow from the Earth to the moon, and it said 238,000 miles. That's insane. How could we possibly have took a, a, a little... A rocket and gone 238,000 miles. Do you guys believe that ever happened? I'm starting to doubt that ever happened. I don't know what to believe. Uh, if you want to listen, uh, if you're if you're into like the conspiracy stuff, and I'm not saying you're right or wrong, but like uh, with Joe Rogan, man, he uh, he has like huge rants. I bet if you went on YouTube and looked him up, huge rants about that. That's their very same principle. Like essentially repeating what you said, just like. 50 different ways yeah. you know what i mean like 238,000 miles it's a rock floating around the earth it's in the middle of space are you really think blah 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 blah. and like given the um the political culture at the time and the importance of it there's tons of incentives to fake it right so absolutely you know and i never doubted it my this ever i'm not a conspiracy kind of guy but i was like i was in awe that it was that far away uh, i never really thought about it before and that's a pretty far little ride so um but i'm sure they did it and our flag's up there on the moon so right right i i don't know i and the sad thing is he's i don't know if the, it's not like they'll come out and say like oh yeah we faked that uh we really wanted the russians to think that we did it so we just faked it and you know it helped right <laughs> you, you're never you know we're never going to hear that so right well, i try not to waste sorry time thinking about it what's up john Oh, I was gone for a while, but that was, that's the benefit of having three people. Yeah. <laughs> you missed, deal. I debunked the, the space, uh, space shuttle, no, the uh, space program. So. We cracked oh, completely? It. Yeah, we figured it out, yeah. We figured out it was statistically impossible to do. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm with you. You sold me. Even though I, I did hear it. once, uh, there was a story uh, that uh, one of those astronauts, uh, some, some nut came up to him uh, on the street and accused him of being you know, all fraud, and uh, the astronaut punched him in the nose, which I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> Did you guys hear that? I, I don't know which astronaut it was, but uh, it was pretty That's cool. That's cool. Buzz Aldrin uh, laid somebody out because he was talking sass about the uh, moon landings or something. <laughs> uh, I nice. believe it, I guess. You know, on my third grade, I, I'll never forget this, I because uh, uh, my teacher thought it was pretty funny. I was in third grade, and it was like the – the first man to walk on the moon, and I put Louis Armstrong, and because uh, that was a shock opponent or something. Uh, right. Yeah. So I guess the teacher got a kick out of that. But I was close. <laughs> right? um, yeah, they, they should only count the last name, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's funny. It'd be funny uh, if you did it on purpose, too. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been, uh, yeah, would have been a lot better, actually, if you think about it. Um, okay, next topic. Okay, that was great. Once again, July 13th and 14th, Cedar Point Classic, softball, music, and all for charity. Be there. All right, our second guest ever was Brian Gift, our Illinois Valley informant on the inner workings around the area. And Brian came on to talk about the iFiber project, which is kind of good timing with this show because... When he came back on, or when he came on in 2011, uh, the project was just getting going. And now it's 2013, and it's just finishing up. Uh, this was episode 23, June 2011. Let's take a listen. 
So, um, do you want me to just delve right into it, or? or uh, sure. Well, well, uh, should we do well, any other intro, Brian, Clayton, or what do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, Brian works. I, mean, I don't know if you. Yeah, go ahead and you jump in, Brian. Yeah, you, yeah, you take it away. Talking. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I work for North Central Illinois Council of Governments. It's a regional planning agency, and uh, about a year and a half ago, we helped apply for a federal grant to bring broadband uh, basically an, a uh, applied for a 70 million dollar grant to bring seven or sorry 870 miles of uh, fiber to northwestern and north central illinois can i ask uh, you a question real quick brian sure so by fiber you mean that's the stuff that carries the internet specifically uh yes it'd be pretty much the the fastest way you can, you know, uh, pipe internet. So we're talking. We're talking. When you say fiber, though, it was just to clarify for everybody, uh, fiber optics. Fiber optics. And just like the the same stuff we use for your Christmas trees at, that that they have at Menards that make the funny lights. The, yes, the it, that's how the internet's transmitted over there. It's just uh, blinking. With Christmas lights. trees. It's Christmas trees. <laughs> what does this have to do with Christmas trees? Yeah, I don't. I'm understand. so confused. What are you talking about, Brian? <laughs> Sorry. Anyhow, not Christmas trees, but uh, but actually this will put over 800 miles of of uh, fiber optic into the ground where that would be – basically it's like a pipeline of, of internet. A data cable. And it's going to run through all through, well, the Illinois Valley, right? I mean it, what are the different towns it's going to impact? Uh, actually, it'll it'll impact uh, every major city in LaSalle County, and also hit Spring Valley and Winona, which is partially in LaSalle County and and uh, Bureau County. Basically, we're going to be connecting up to what they call community anchor institutions, uh, which are uh, hospitals, schools, municipalities, clinics. A lot of places like that. Yeah, yeah. major, major yes. places like that. So like that. the police okay. stations, the schools, the hospitals, uh, the, the, the quick care type clinics or, or uh, the hygienic type places maybe? Yeah, ba- basically all your awesome. kind of non-profit government entities. And, uh, and what will happen is is in this fiber optic network, there's going to be 144 fibers. And uh, a, a portion of those will be – dedicated strictly to hooking up those community anchor institutions. And basically, this this project was funded by a federal grant that was uh, for $68.5 million. And the LaScale County portion of that grant, uh, basically to put the infrastructure in LaSalle County area, is about $17 million of that grant. So it is quite a major windfall for the area as far as creating some jobs and and actually getting this uh, broadband infrastructure into uh, the area here. Now That's it awesome. actually it actually already exists, you know, AT and T and Comcast and you know all the, the major telecommunication companies actually have fiber in the area. But what what makes this different is that it would be uh, low low cost to these nonprofit entities and so also. Does that does that like do you think uh, Comcast and AT&T and all those types of places they're threatened by this? I I think they possibly could be because I I mean basically it is going to create uh some competition out there. But this uh, like is all a done deal though, right? I mean this is happening. This is happening. The project is actually going to start uh probably next month within the LaSalle County area and then it it will be uh completed by June of 2013. So it's not going to happen overnight. It is going to take a while. Well, and, well, that's uh, good, though. That's, that's, so, I mean, now this is confusing. I know I, we talked about this before just uh, over a beer or whatever. And um, uh, when you say fiber and you talk about, you know, fibers going to different places, I mean, what? how big is a fiber? I, it gets that it's kind of uh, confusing as what we're actually uh, talking about here. Basically those those ones you're talking about on the Christmas tree. Um, basically this would be a duct that we're installing in the ground and it's got little tubes inside it that all that actually carry a cable that's made of 144 fiber optic strands. And 
uh, a portion of those strands would be dedicated to serving these community anchor institutions that we mentioned before. But the other strands would be opened up for anybody to lease, uh, such as local internet service providers can hook up and, and you know, lease fiber uh, between certain they they can lease fiber or or businesses could lease fire fiber between two of their buildings. So we are so we the network. consumer like the you and I and Clayton people live in Peru, Ottawa, wherever. Will we get to be impacted, or is this only going to be those major institutions? For for to start with, it's pretty much going to be the major institutions. Um, further down the road, it will be as uh, as local ISPs or as internet service providers uh, are able to join this network. Uh, we're we're expecting them to do the last mile. This is basically the mi- what they call middle mile infrastructure. So it's basically like your major. I'm I'm confused. It, <laughs> well, it, I'm it's just joking. No, I, I I'm screwing with you. I'm just you know, it's, it's basically like your major pipeline or your water main going through town, and you know all I'd the compare, houses still need they, to hook up. We right? still need we to still, hook up. We still need to hook up, and we're counting on uh, maybe some of these local smaller ISPs or even the major tele or telecoms to uh, take advantage of this network and and bring that last mile to the home. So uh, and. and- the, the managing entity here is going to be the one that is in charge of leasing out the fiber to whom basically as a, a nonprofit type business. Yes, I mean, actually, just- uh, with the grant, uh, what was uh, created was a, a, a nonprofit organization called iFiber, and they'll be overseeing the construction and maintenance of the grant. And Brian runs it all. No, I don't. I don't. Actually, so the mob I, I, does, though, right? No. The mob, yeah, the mob. Oh, the truth I, I, comes out. Yeah, I work with uh, uh, North Central Illinois Council of Governments, and we actually uh, helped for the LaSalle County portion uh, help gather information to submit in the original grant, uh, and actually NIU uh, North Northern Illinois University submitted. They were the grant recipient. Uh, so basically, so like, what kind of speeds are we talking about here? I mean, when it when it gets there, so like, I know I've got like twelve megs or whatever they call it uh, of internet, my broadband. So what what can fi- I the fun? Bleh, I can't talk though. What can this fiber actually do? Any idea? Uh, the fiber can actually transport up to a gigabit of uh, speeds, which Holy is like Nikes. Uh, you know, your Comcast. I guess I'm just saying, for instance, Comcast. You might have 10 megabits per second, and that's a burst speed. It might give you that for, what, uh, probably the first 10 seconds to download a file, and and but then be 2 megabits per second after that. So basically what we're going to be hooking up, hospitals and schools, we're going to allow up to a 100 megabit connection. So that's and, like 10 times faster than what you got, John? Or, you know, eight times faster. That's that'd be like even 10 more. Times, but 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 it'd be constant. There wouldn't be that burst. It'd be a it'd be a. Oh, wow. Know, OK, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. <laughs> but also that that gigabit, you could have a gigabit, but that's only for transport between buildings, like uh, basically not for Internet, for, okay. for wow. Internet services. Um, and one of the main things about this grant is. Uh, uh, these community anchor institutions will have to pay pay for maintenance of the network. Um, you know, they'll all have to split the maintenance of the network, the locates, and the you know if something somebody cuts the the cable and and you know you have to get out there right away and fix it. So there is a maintenance cost involved, and and these community anchor institutions would split that. But as as the other fibers are leased out to other entities, uh, you know, for-profit entities, or or as for-profit uh, entities hook up, they will help subsidize these community anchor institutions. And 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 this will save like the hospital or whatever, and specifically 
thousands, I mean, or hundreds of thousands, maybe over the course of a, of, you know, a stretch of years or whatever in what they, what they already pay for service? Uh, actually, I mean, it should save a significant amount of money and, and the more savings would come as if, if, uh, you know, as, as they get increased speeds and increased bandwidth to these community anchor institutions, they can do things like voice over IP and, you know, turn their phone systems into that. So then it saves them on phone calls, you know, on phone service also. Uh, Does this so mean I'm going to get to have fiber, uh, virtual reality on my computer? Uh, it's a start. Yeah, it's a good start. It was just kind of a brief little article about uh, wiffle ball. I know we've talked about wiffle ball at length in one of our first episodes, um, but this was an article about it, which is the, the cool thing about this is the company that makes these wiffle balls and the bats, I mean, that's literally all they make. And it's mm-hmm. just like a family that has this small little factory. In, 15, uh, 15 employees, John. Yeah, 15 employees. Yeah, five desks and, 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 and a 15-employee operation. Right. And that's and it. It's just a small little building that cranks out wiffle balls and bats, and that's all they do. So uh, it was just but, – but what was we wanted to bring up was now that it's the 4th of July coming up, this is an unusual segue to get to the 4th of July. But uh, for any of you who do like to partake in fireworks, uh, there's a very good use for wiffle ball bats. Right. Uh, I think we've all probably done it. Uh, oh, definitely. You, you take the bottle rocket and you stick it in the bottom, the handle of the wiffle ball bat, and you use it as a launcher. Yeah, you can point it at anything. Not that we condone that actual activity. This is just right. hypothetically speaking, of course. But, but yeah, they, so they, you, take, they talked about other alternative uses on the, the web on, on the article, and one of them was putting BBs in the gun and using it to. Uh, you mean in uh, the bat? It, or in the yeah, Nick on in the bat. You put the BBs in the bat. Yeah, and then he shakes the bat, you know, with the BBs in it at this at his pigs, this pig right. farmer, and, and uses it to corral the pigs. Yes, that's pretty funny. Uh, Sounds like a good idea. Oh, there were some other things too. Uh, yeah, there's a variety of things that people use these for, which I thought was really funny, and that's what made me think of using them for bobble rocket launchers. It's actually safe, kinda. As long as you don't point at anybody. <laughs> it's no no more uh, dangerous than Roman candles. I mean, no. That's then again, you're not really supposed to hold those either. I don't think you're supposed really? to shoot those at people either. So, but, uh, <laughs> you're not supposed to hold on to a Roman candle. What what are you supposed to do with it? Stick it in the ground or something. I don't know. Really. Oh, I no. didn't know that. I just assumed you were supposed to shoot them at each other. That was it. Should it. have a it should have a little stake in the ground if it was if it was meant to stick in the ground. Right. Know, yeah. There is no way to hold that thing vertically up on it's on its not, own. It's not user friendly at all. <laughs> has to be. It has to be made for the hand. Then. True. True. There we go. Crack so that case. Been, so it's been decided. <laughs> but I get a kick out of that. I, I, I do. I do think it's interesting that. 15 people, 15 employees working, you know, whatever they work, and can kick out enough of these wiffle balls to keep the world happy. So oh, yeah. It's pretty interesting. So this is the sole wiffle ball provider in the, the, in the world the, or in the, the country? One only. I mean, I'm sure there's more the generic wiffle ball. I mean, people make plastic balls, obviously. Um, yeah. But the original wiffle ball, I mean, in, in, as John can attest to, there's no substitute for the real thing, right? No, I've tried different things. With yeah. No, no holes, and then the generic versions. The only one that I have not yet tried, which I would like to try, is that new Nike one or Ner- no Nerf. It's one either Nike, no Nerf. I think has their own version of one, which uh, could have potential. Okay. So, well, none of the knockoffs would have that signature like whir as it's whirring past you know past your face or whatever. You know, yeah, sure. Where you you throw it expecting it to curve and it doesn't curve, so then it just beams right. the guy in the head. Mm-hmm. Or the guy just I, w- watches it the whole way in and expects that break and it doesn't break. <laughs> uh, we could we could probably talk about wiffle ball for another hour if we. Yeah, want. we better get off that topic. You guys, uh, hey, I know, hey. Speaking of, I haven't investigated any flights lo- lately. No reason. What do you think, Brian? You want a spam burger? 
Uh, with cheese, actually. <laughs> uh, what kind are you talking? Provolone? Some sharp uh, cheddar? <laughs> yeah, I'd say some sharp sharp cheddar would be good. Maybe on some tex- Texas toast, I would think. Wow. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that sounds good. Or maybe I, some marble rye. Uh, marble yeah. rye spam. I, okay, I, I like the t- Texas toast well. Yeah, since it's already greasy and that, you might as well throw you it need a hearty Texas bread. toast. You need a hearty yeah. bread. Okay, very informative stuff. One last time, Cedar Point Classic. July used to be called the Firecracker, right? Yeah. Alright, July 13th and 14th. Lots of good area bands will be there. Check it out. Why not? Come on. Our last interview was with our fellow Ivy podcaster, the Reverend Nick Logan. We recorded this back... And let's see, episode 37, July 2012. Uh, this was just when the Nerdy Directive podcast was getting started, so yeah, Nick came on to educate us on all things nerdy and geeky, so stay a while and listen. And. So, wait, so like, so like, let's step back. <laughs> Two steps back, actually. So, because, you know, we butchered. You guys, you know, like yeah, we everything, know nothing. About, everything about uh, Magic the Gathering, and, like those videos and watching for what I forget what's a Star Mason. City. Yeah, yeah. Mason on was that Star City? The, Star City Games. Yeah, so that was like the first exposure I had to have to had to really seeing any of the games. So it was moving really fast. So I was having a hard time following anything that was going on. So what if you and like as quick as you can or without you know confusing me because I'll be easily confused. Well, how how does it work? Do you know the Pokemon card game? Kind of, yeah. I mean, I'm familiar with the cards, but I don't know how the game works. Uh, well, the game's years old. It came out in the early 90s. Uh, basically what happens is you go out and buy booster packs or buy individual cards or whatever, and you take the cards and you make a minimum of a 60-card deck. Okay. And in that deck, you have spells and creatures and artifacts and equipments and all kinds of cool stuff. And then you have to have, in order to play those, you have to have uh, land, which produce uh, a mana, and every of those cards of the creatures costs a certain amount of mana. And there's five different mana colors, so you have to make sure that you have the right colors in the deck, otherwise you can't play anything. Is there like a sequence to the way you have to throw the cards down? Not, well, not really. Uh, well, kind of. But not really. It's <laughs> hard to explain without you actually you guys being here to to, to view. Yeah. Um, on your first turn, uh, well, you're going to draw, uh, and then you're going to normally you play a land which produces mana, and then if you have if you have let's say it's a one red mana, which is also known as a mountain, and in your hand you could you would draw seven cards to start your turn. You play the red mana, and then you would have uh, say you have one card that costs one red mana. You would. Tilt the the red card to the side, which is called tapping, and then you would play that card. And then if it's a creature on your uh, your next turn, you can then attack with that creature. And you, when you when you draw cards, you don't you kind of know what cards you have in the sixty card deck, but you don't know what you're actually drawing during the game. Is that all surprise? Correct. Correct. Okay. You shuffle it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I'm confused, yeah. but I'm, I, I'm know, trying to picture it in my head. You know, That's we'll, why I'm being we'll, so we'll quiet. We'll get together sometime. I'll I'll teach you some magic. Yeah, um, I'm sure Dustin, uh, my friend Dustin, would uh, would love to, because uh, he's like the biggest magic nerd I know, actually, and uh, he'd be lo- he'd love to get more people to play. Uh. <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. It looked like fun. I mean, I was watching it with those videos. I, I was trying to follow it, and it looked really cool. Um, I just like watching the way the points were working and everything. Now you start. You start with 15 points and work down. Is that how it worked? Or? You know, that tournament, I've never been to one of those official pro tour tournaments. I'll have to ask Mason about that because I don't actually know. So uh, what you guys play, what do, how do you handle points? I don't know how they did it at the tournament, but in a normal uh, thing around here, you got 20 life. Once you reach zero, you're dead, but you can gain life in the game depending on what cards you play, and you can have as much life as you want. Okay. So, if you have a way to get 10 billion life, absolutely, you can have 10 billion life, and then you'll just never die. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, yeah it's, that's, it's, it's definitely one of the, the things you got to see it to understand. So, yeah, I mean that it can get expensive. You can buy individual cards. Cards range anywhere from a penny 
up to thousands of dollars, depending on how old they are and how popular they are. Yeah. See, I mean, th- now this gets into more of something uh, Clayton and I would be you know, knowledgeable of, because both of us, you know, grew up collecting baseball cards and mm-hmm. always checking the Beckett magazine to see how much the cards are worth and stuff like that. So I'm sure it, it, sure there's some similarities there, but that's cool. Well, that's well, it is. I like the idea that you can draw expensive cards, you know, in a pack. I think that's neat. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, booster packs are like three ninety nine, three ninety eight, uh, and I don't even know how many cards you get. I think it's like twelve or fifteen. Fifteen. I'm being told fifteen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, so you, you get those, and then um, uh, it's actually cheaper if you buy an entire uh, box of boosters for like I think Steve sells them hundred forty five hundred. Don't don't quote me on this, but hundred forty, hundred fifty dollars, something like that. Oh, I am going to quote you on that. Uh, well, you know, he's going to listen to this later, but like, oh, he lied. <laughs> oh, well, it's somewhere around there. I'm not entirely sure. And it's cheaper doing that way. And then you could buy pre-constructs with, uh, the pre-constructs come with, uh, one booster pack. Uh, so you get the pre-constructed deck plus the booster pack with the random cards. But recently, the M13, which we did the premier tournament of, or the pre-release, I mean, uh, yesterday, you got two boosters in the uh, unopened boosters in the pre-constructed deck. So same price, more cards. So I thought that was pretty cool. Cool. The show, your first show was awesome. I was, I listened the day it came out, and I was like, uh, I was blown away. I mean, I'm not just like jerking your chain. I was like, seriously, I was like, actually, it made me feel bad because you know, like Clayton and I struggled early on. To, to get right. this thing to no, no get talent some, here no we, yeah the, the, <laughs> just to get the flow and all that and the it just it just took some time but you guys had it going right off right out of the bat oh well I definitely appreciate that you know uh, I think we, I think you and like uh, two other people listened to the podcast <laughs> <laughs> as far as I can tell that was about it because we uh, I mean I've been advertising it and stuff but I only heard feedback from three people so you know but oh, I, I'm you know I'm hoping I, I, it actually kicks off and well you know you. I, I, I try and and it's funny because everything you guys talked about I'm like I know about this I know about this I'm like wait a minute this happened this way I'm like 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 how in Dreamwave when, when uh, uh, you guys were talking about the Dreamwave show and I I didn't, I didn't even, like, because we were there, apparently, at the free show in LaSalle, right, right. Which, was, which was great, uh, except for I was bored and I left. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see why that first half was kind of rough. A lot of dancing and uh-huh. silliness. Don't get me wrong. I love Dreamwave. They put on an excellent show. But uh, the next night, I found out that uh, Acid broke his... Uh, his collarbone. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, no. And they're like, and uh, cause I have a friend there that, uh, used to be a pro wrestler and she was all like, no, yeah, he really broke his collarbone. I guess it was uh pretty nasty. So yeah, hopefully he gets, uh, gets better, but it's, it's great that, you know, you guys actually do talk about like everything in the area. And, uh, I just, I, I gave you the, the feedback because, I actually can relate to everything you guys are talking about, oh. which is so awesome. Did, did, you really did don't you, get that. So, how did you did you hear about the podcast before? Just somehow, or? Uh, I don't know which one of you contacted John. me via the IBGS page. Oh, okay. That right would on. be me. All right, <laughs> that would be John. John's the go getter. <laughs> and then uh, it was funny because you contacted me, and then I'm like, "Hey, uh, or our page," and I'm like, "Garrett, you're the spokesman. Why don't you you reply?" <laughs> yeah. And then I've been replying ever since, but. Uh, <laughs> No, it's 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 uh it's good stuff. So on your podcast, it's pretty much focuses on well, you guys were covering all sorts of stuff. You're talking about gaming, you know, video games, board games, card games, and then you kind of uh, veered off into. I think you might even talk about some movies. You were all over the place. It was it was a nice uh, breakdown, different topics. Uh, we we just wanted to talk about everything, anything nerdy. So if it like you know anything from from zombies to card games to video games to movies, to, you know, wh- whatever. And, uh, you know, we really enjoyed it. We had some technical difficulties, uh, as you heard, because people won't get a USB mic. But Oh, yeah, uh, that's important. <laughs> we learned that lesson right away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, you know what? I've been telling people for years to get a USB mic because, like, when I play 
uh, like video games online, uh, we uh, we have voice over IP like uh, Ventrilo, uh, it's kind of like Skype. And using the, the the jacks, the actual jacks, it's just they don't they never work right. Right. I, uh, people are like I have no problems with it. I'm like, yeah, you say that now, and then later on, here here, you know, you can't really get the volume up or it crackles. Yeah, the crackles are the worst. That's what I noticed really early on. So that's why we that's why we started on episode two publicly. Episode one is stored away. It sounds yeah. so bad. It's on your. Your hard drives. I have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I do too. Actually, it was terrible. Yeah, it was bad. And not only were we bad. Well, I think it was because we tried to tackle like a pretty broad, uh, not a broad top, but like a. We tried to get all uh, statistical, and we were trying to talk about stuff, and just kept rambling. We and tried rambling. to sound smart, and it just yeah. didn't work out. So yeah, we. Uh, you, you mentioned the uh, the YouTube channel. One of the things we were talking about before we recorded the uh, our first podcast was. Uh, Recording ourselves doing the podcast and putting it together, so yeah. people can watch us on YouTube, which would be kind of entertaining. Sure, it would. I just have no idea how to do it. So we're yeah, streaming video. I I've looked a little bit into it, and I'm just worried that I don't have the the horsepower to do it here with my computer. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe. Because I'm a big also. Star Wars nerd, so but yeah, um, me too. Star uh, Wars, Star Trek. I'm a, I'm a big nerd. I told my wife that after we got married. I'm like, you know, I'm a big Star Trek, Star Wars nerd. I told her, though, after we got the rings and everything, so she was stuck. (laughs) That's not a bad idea. I (laughs) kind of remember that. (laughs) So you've got a Twitter handle and the – actually, you've got a Twitter handle. The Face, the Gaming Society's got a Twitter handle. Can you share that for us? We. Uh, yeah, sure. My personal Twitter handle is RevLoad1983. Okay. Um, and the Ivy Gaming Society one, I do believe, is just, uh, at Ivy Gaming Society. Yeah, yeah. Do you think there's going to be a one for the podcast coming up? Ah, we could. I just figured we'd just use the one from Ivy Gaming Society. That makes sense. I, I never really... I never really thought about it, actually. So I did notice. Oh, one that's that was one thing I wanted to ask you on the podcast. He had mentioned that it was a nerdy directive, but then it was produced by a different group. Ah, Simply Wicked Radio. Uh, that is owned by Brody, the person who recorded it for us. Okay, cool. and also co-host, one of the four co-hosts. <laughs> right, right. Okay, yeah, I remember that. I remember hearing that. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have to check that out. So. Just because I see if he's got a, I'm sure he's got maybe a site or something. Yeah, I think he does. I know that they, I don't know if they still do. I don't know what's going on with them because I haven't actually gone to check out their stuff. He's going to kill me for saying that. But (laughs) they used to collect local band music and play it on an online radio station. Oh, cool. So I don't know if he's still doing that or not. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, lots of good stuff going on. You got anything else interesting around the area you want to talk about um, before we kick you off? Yeah, before, uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> um, if you guys want to be a, do some charity, there's a charity thing at uh, Two Fools. Bring a toy in for some kids, and you get in free, and there's going to be vendors and stuff there, and women in lingerie if you're into that kind of thing. Sweet. <laughs> Where's that? When's that? Oh, uh, wow. I was just looking at it. Uh, that is July 28th. Okay, cool. Saturday uh, at 6 p.m. at Two Fools in LaSalle, which actually happens to be my favorite bar in the area. So, huh? Yeah, they do a lot of cool stuff there. I was just looking at um, looking at some things. They do do a lot of uh, charity-type events there. That's mm-hmm. pretty awesome. And it's the uh, official Dreamwave bar, too, so that's cool. Yeah, it never used to be though. It used to be uh, what Ninth Street? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I uh, I went there. What was it? Then the night they had Tommy Dreamer, uh, which was an excellent show. And then went there afterwards. That was very entertaining. People trying to climb the fence. That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> you remember we Clay, we talked about Tommy Dreamer? You posted that picture of him in the pink tights. Oh yeah, he was a hunk and a half. <laughs> oh, Tommy Dreamer! Thanks for reminding me. He actually has a new thing coming up. God, I feel horrible because I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, I, I saw have... something from J-Rep posted about that. No, no, from J.C. Uh, Castelli or Castelli or whatever his name is. Was it House of Hardcore? Oh, I need to go to the Dreamwave thing because I can't remember what it was called. 
But it was yeah. definitely, definitely epic. Oh, House of Hardcore, uh, House of Hardcore, and you guys are Twitter people, so at House of Hardcore, and then House of Hardcore dot net. Looks like they're going to be one of their old venues, uh, the ECW venue. So I think he's trying to revamp that or something. So oh, I'm going cool. to keep an eye on that because that's you know I was always being an ECW fan anyway. Cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Same here. Yeah. Back in, it's been a while since I've watched mainstream wrestling. It's pretty much just been Dreamwave for me lately. But uh, y- you know what? I think the local stuff is better than the stuff on TV. Yeah. Well, you know, whenever I watch the stuff on TV, it's I mean I don't know anymore if it's still like this, but there for a while it just got to be kind of trashy. Just just the content it was just. Are, all... are you talking like when it's mid nineties and the in the Fed or? Oh <laughs> uh, no, I'm thinking it. like. The thou- you know, when it just seemed like very sexy stuff all the time. Very not kid friendly, I would say. Uh, yeah, well, I honestly, that kind of started in the mid 90s. You had, uh, what's his name with the hoe train? I can't remember. Oh, yeah. I can't, what's <laughs> his name? Well, what yeah. about Ravishing Rick Rude in the 80s, John? Oh, sure. Is that yeah. too sexy for you? Yeah, yes, yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. That's true. <laughs> You were, yeah, he was a hunk. He used to bring the women up on stage and <laughs> yeah. remember, like, oh, yeah. kiss him until they passed out. <laughs> remember? Oh yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. Oh, he had some million dollar abs. Well, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you like checking out uh, those abs with the wrestlers, huh? Well, I mean, ravishing recruit. I mean, come on. I, I mean, guess you just can't help but stare. Right. I mean, for sure. <laughs> Oh, you posted one other thing to us. Uh, oh, hairspray. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know the full details of that, honestly. Streeter. Angle Lane Theater. Yes. Um, July I, 15th, 2 o'clock. I only found out about that because uh, my friend Dina Brown is in it. Uh, I don't know if she's doing the choreography or not, but when I was in high school, I was in theater, and she did our choreography at our school in Putnam County, and then... Uh, I guess she started doing that stuff over there at that theater, which is, you know, awesome. All righty. Thanks for listening to our first best of episode. IvyPod.com is our website. IvyPod on Facebook. Ivy Podcast on Twitter. And mail at IvyPod.com is the email. Happy Fourth of July, everybody. Later.